0: Praise the Lord. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? I would like to welcome everybody today on Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Title of my message is Why is the Resurrection So Important? How many know that today um, celebrates the resurrection of Jesus Christ? This is the very day that he was resurrected. Hallelujah. Give him a hand this morning. That's why we're here. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so um, we're going to talk about why it is so important. Um, How many understand that on Friday, Good Friday, that is the day that lines up precisely with uh, Jesus' arrest and crucifixion? And um, how many know that he was put in the grave after being crucified to death? How many know that God, in human form, was put to death and put in a tomb on Friday? And on Sunday morning, what we celebrate this morning was... They went back to the tomb and he wasn't there. He'd been resurrected, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But why is that so important? And you say, well, that happened a long time ago in Jerusalem, but today we got to find out why is that so important for you and me today? We have to know specifically today, why is that important to me? Why is that important to you? And uh, that's the question we really have to answer. So as we go in Romans 1, to 1-4, how many know that a lot of people don't know what today means? Oh, you guys are looking at me like I just blew your mind with that. How many know a lot of people don't know what today means? You know, some people think today is candy. You know, some people think today is coloring eggs and hunting eggs. How many know that? And how many know that a lot of things, and I'm not getting down on you for those things. You go, oh, no, he's telling me I can't hunt eggs, you know. But how many know it's very important not to let the things that are around us distract us from the very, very, very important thing um, that we're to celebrate today. And even more important than that, applying it to our life. And um, I'm going to tell you something before I get into this. There's not a more important thing in the world or in the Bible or anything that I'll ever teach that's more important than the resurrection. And so we need to figure out why is it important and what's it mean to me. Because everything will hinge on what your opinion is of the resurrection. Hallelujah. So in Romans chapter 1 verse 1 it says, and this is a letter that Paul wrote, it says, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through the prophets in the holy scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. Now listen to this. This is what I'll be preaching on today. And declared, to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness. Now, how was he declared to be the Son of God? How was it announced that he was the Son of God? It says, by the resurrection from the dead. So let's go to the Lord in prayer today so the Lord can help us understand that. Heavenly Father, we ask for your wisdom, Lord. A Holy Spirit that you would speak to hearts and make us understand Uh, This most important thing in the history of our world, Lord. Lord, I know that every um, life hinges on this fact of history, Lord. How we um, handle it, Lord, how we um, receive it, Lord, is everything this morning, Lord. And I just pray that you would help, Lord, that you would speak to hearts. And uh, Lord, you do the work, your work. And uh, hide me behind your cross. In your name I pray, Lord Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. So why is the resurrection so important? My prayer this morning is that this message will help you um, sort out... um, How many have ever tried to find something in the thick brush or in the thick weed? You lose something. And man, I'm just trying to find something here. How many know religion can be like that sometimes. Religion can be like thick weeds. You know, opinions of people uh, can be like finding something that's lost or missing. And uh, this morning, I hope uh, with this one fact to clarify a little bit, um, those religious weeds. Uh, how many know that this morning, how many know there are a lot of people that follow Buddha And Hinduism and a lot of different religions. A lot of uh, people follow Islam. And uh, one thing I want to really stress this morning I was just reading this. The body of Buddha was cremated, his relics were placed in monuments, and people visit his relics annually in Sri Lanka, but he is still dead. Isn't that amazing? The grave of Confucius, founder of Confucianism in his hometown, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it in China. The grave of Confucius is located in a large cemetery where more than a hundred thousand of his descendants are also buried, and he is still dead. You say, Well, this don't mean anything. The tomb of Muhammad The founder of Islam is buried in the mosque of the prophet in the city of Medina in Saudi Arabia. The town of Muhammad lies in the confines of what used to be his wife's home, but he is still dead. How many know that as you're sorting through the weeds and trying to figure out what is right and what is wrong, who should I follow, who should I not follow, um, what should I believe? What should I not believe? How many know that Jesus Christ, the Bible says in this scripture, was declared to be the Son of God because he rose from the dead? That's what that scripture says. It says he was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. How many know that the resurrection that we celebrate today is the validation of Jesus Christ. It is the validation. You say, well, what is validation? What if somebody came to you and said, prove who you are? How are you going to prove who you are? What are you going to do? This is going to be in my way. What would you do if they said, prove who you are? Well, we would probably pull our wallet out and we'd pull our identification out. We'd pull out our license, and maybe they would ask us to go a little bit further. Maybe we would go to one of those things where they say, hey, bring an article of mail, bring your social security card, maybe bring your passport. How many know those are methods of validating who you are? But in Jesus's case, his validation was a lot more difficult. In fact, the Bible says the way the son of God was going to validate himself was through raising himself from the dead. Now imagine that you You say the only way that I can prove that I am who I say I am is I have to rise from the dead. Now how many would have enough nerve to tell a friend that I will rise from the dead? But Jesus was no ordinary teacher. In fact, this is the thing that separates Jesus from every other religious leader, every other teacher, was the fact that Jesus walked around, and I want you to think about this, he said he was God. Jesus literally said that he was God. Now what if I walked in, you just kind of look at me like, well everybody says that, right? What if I walked in and said I was God? What if I said that I was alive before Abraham was alive? What if I said all the things that Jesus said? He wasn't just a good man. Jesus would be considered a lunatic if the things he said were not true. And one of the things that he said that was the most um, troublesome to a lot of people was, he said that I will be dead three days and three nights in the belly of the earth and I will rise again. And how many know this is the one validating characteristic that makes him, that separates him from everybody else that there's ever been in history? In fact, I want you to think about this. What would, what sign from God, what sign from God would you require for him to prove that Jesus is the Savior of the world and the one who is able to save us from our sins and give us eternal life. What sign would you ask from God for that? Because I'll tell you, the people wanted Him to just overthrow the Roman government. Now, would that convince you that He was the Son of God and He was able to give you eternal life, He was able to forgive sins, um, that He was God in the flesh? Would that convince you? You tell me. There's been a lot of military leaders in the world that would not convince me. In fact, um, there are a lot of ways that we can go about... How many know there's a lot of ways as Christians that we go about explaining to people that Jesus is the Son of God and He is the Savior of the world? How many know there's a lot of ways that we go about it? Right? And today I w- want you to focus on the fact that the the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the number one thing that proves He is who He said He was. In fact, one way, let me go through some methods that we use to prove that He is the Son of God. How many know that Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies? How many know that? Over 300 prophecies. And you say, well, that's not that big of a deal, but the Bible all the way back from the beginning in the Garden of Eden, began to prophesy what the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the only one that could save us from our sins, the only one that can give us eternal life. Now, to be honest, how many really would like to have eternal life? And the Bible actually states that it's only through this Messiah. And so it begins in the book of Genesis, in Genesis 3.15, with the first prophecy. And that prophecy actually says... That he is going to crush the serpent that tempted Adam and Eve, but the serpent is also going to bite him on the foot. It's also going to harm him. How many know that Satan that he crushed Satan and his kingdom, but Satan also uh harmed him? How many know that? And how many know that same prophecy says he would be born uh, of the seed of a woman? So that is, how many know that most people are born from the seed of a man? But this was prophesying the virgin birth. And so this is the first prophecy. In fact, this uh, website that I was looking at, it was called Science Speaks. They picked out eight different prophecies. One, that the time of his birth would be very specific according to Daniel 8 and 9. Number two, that he'd be born in Bethlehem. Number three, that he'd be born of a virgin uh, from Isaiah. Number four, that he would be betrayed By 30 pieces of silver. Number five he would be mocked. Number six that he would be crucified. Number seven he would be pierced in the side. From Psalms. And then uh, number eight. That he would uh, die with the wicked. But be buried with the rich. And scientifically. They figured the odds. Of one person only fulfilling. Eight prophecies. Now remember I said he fulfilled 300. But only fulfilling eight. It is a one in 10 followed by 27 zeros for eight prophecies. And this is using scientific numbers, one in 10 with 27 zeros, that one person could just fulfill those eight prophecies. And I mean, oh, he fulfilled 300. But I could still say to myself, that doesn't necessarily prove to me. How many can say that? I could see a skeptic saying that. And boy, it would take me a long time to explain that to everybody. Wouldn't it? It would take a lot of time to explain to everybody scientific numbers and to make a person believe it may not be my best thing to prove the resurrection or prove who he was, he said he was to validate him by prophecy. Another thing. The unusual birth of Jesus. I talked about it already. The virgin birth uh, through Mary. The unusual circumstances of his birth. How many know just to be born in Bethlehem was a very unusual thing? It had to have an order from the Caesar of the Roman Empire for everybody to go to their hometown. That's how he was born in Bethlehem. That's very unusual. Bethlehem Ephratah is like a, a very small little hillside of all the hillsides in the world. But he was born there because of a a um, Caesar's um, decree that everybody had to go back to their hometown. And so all these circumstances around Jesus' birth that we celebrate at Christmas, how many know these are very unusual circumstances, and history records those circumstances, a very unusual birth, a very miraculous birth. But how many people know that a person could still be a skeptic? Even with all the prophecies, even with the birth and all the unusual circumstances, even all the prophecies that prepared us for that, we still could be a skeptic that he's the son of God. Maybe he was just a good man. Then we could go in and we could begin to talk about his life. We could begin to say that this was a perfect man. Uh, We could begin to see all the eyewitness accounts. How many have ever heard the eyewitness accounts of his life, how he always did the right thing. He never sinned. He healed so many people. The Bible says that you couldn't even write enough books to contain it. How many know the miracles that he's attributed to him? Nobody in history has ever had that said about them. Does everybody understand that? That nobody in history has books written about the miracles like Jesus does. A very unique person, a very unique life. Um, witnesses, uh, as far as an historical character, there's almost nobody in history that has more historical narratives about his life than Jesus. How many know that? But I could still look at that. And I could still say to myself, I don't know that that validates him. How many could do that? How many could still at that point... Nobody's going to raise their hand and say me, but how many know a friend that still would say, I'm not sure he's the son of God. I'm not sure he's the second person of the Godhead. I'm not sure that he is who he said he is. I need some more validation. I need to validate it a little bit more. We could also look at his death. And how many know that this particular date, a lot of people, that's what they do. They look at His death. And when you look at His death and the circumstances of His death, how many know the Roman Empire, all eyes were on Jesus that day. He was being crucified by the Romans. He was put to death by the Jewish leaders who said crucify Him. He was rejected by His own people. Uh, The Bible says he was beaten more than any man could ever be beaten. Uh, It says he was marred more than any man could ever be marred, is what Isaiah said. Uh, He was beaten beyond recognition. Um, He was beaten so badly his organs hung out. He was beaten so badly he was speared in the side. And um, he literally was an innocent man that was killed. And how many know there was a thief that was next to Jesus and he had seen enough? He'd seen enough to convince him that this was the son of God. And he asked forgiveness and he said, ask him if he would forgive him. And he said, tomorrow you'll be with me in paradise. And Jesus forgave him. How many know that these people around seen something so unusual with his behavior because he was so forgiving of everybody. He was so loving even as they beat him and ripped his beard out and, And and put a crown of thorns on his head. And I mean, just imagine the mutilation that was done to his body more than any person. Crucifixion alone was the worst way to die, they say. Physicians say there's no harsher way to die. It was literally designed uh, to kill a person in the most inhumane way. And uh, he was especially beaten worse than even the others. And how many know that thief recognized that he was Son of God? And then there was a Roman centurion that was there guarding the cross. And when Jesus died in the middle of the day at noon, how many remember there was an earthquake? And the um, sky turned dark. So dark you couldn't see anything in the middle of the day at noon. How many have ever seen that happen? And it was enough for the man who was witnessing the execution to say that he truly must be the Son of God. But how many know a lot of people could look at the prophecies? They could look at the birth. They could look at the life. They could look at the death. How many know that a lot of people could do that And still not validate him as the son of God. Dying for the sins of the world. And being the one that God said he would send from the beginning. To save us. You know how I know that? Because his closest follower was Peter. And Peter said, I'll follow you to the death, Jesus. I will follow you to the very end. And as Jesus was being beaten, it says he looked at Peter with his eyes and Peter ran away and abandoned him. Peter abandoned Jesus so badly that a little girl said, aren't you one of those guys that hung around Jesus around the campfire? And Peter still rejected him. He's seen the prophecies. He's seen the life up close, closer than any of us ever will. He's seen the death. He's seen the behavior while he's been beaten, while he's on the cross. And he's seen the death. And guess what Peter did? Rejected him. The disciples, for the most part, rejected him. Most of the world rejected him and they've seen all of those things. And what I'm telling you is, there is a validation that is greater than all of those things, and it's called the resurrection. Hallelujah. Amen. How I many you can say hallelujah this morning? So I want you to think about something. Where was Jesus at? From Friday to Sunday. If he died on Good Friday, and he rose again on Sunday, where was he at in between? He was in the place that everybody else went when they died. How many know that he was in the belly of hell? There were two compartments. There were the compartment of those who were righteous and believed that a Redeemer was going to come and save them. It was a place called paradise. But it was in that place. How many know that? There was another compartment of those who had rejected the Redeemer and they did not have any hope. And Jesus, how many know that He actually died, went where everybody else went. But here's the difference. Nobody else was ever able to come back from death, he's the only one that was ever able to conquer death. He was the only one that hell could not hold him and it says he left captivity captive and that is the validation that he is the son of God because hell could not hold him, death could not hold him. He took, the Bible says, the keys to hell and death and he's the only one that could ever do that. And the Bible says when he rose again, he had the keys to hell and death. And how many know there were graves popping open in that city of people that were being delivered and resurrected with him? Hallelujah. This is not just a man. This is a God man. This is somebody who's being validated in the biggest way. And I want you to begin to look at how they began to preach because something happened. The resurrection made a difference in these people's lives. In fact, i got to find my notes now. Wow. But as they began to preach, I want you to hear what the difference is. Why does the resurrection, why does it matter? Why is it so important? I want you to listen to the messages they begin to preach. In Acts chapter 17 verse 24, this is Paul preaching. Paul said, God who made the world, he's, he's preaching to intellectuals um, and he's preaching at the era, I was, it takes me a while to pronounce this. He's preaching to intellectuals in a Greek, um, um, eropagus is what it's called. And so he's preaching to them about Christ. And he says, "...God who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands, as though he needs anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things." He has made from one blood every nation of men who dwell on the earth and has determined their preappointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Now he's preaching to people that have beliefs from all over the world. How many know this? He's preaching to people that have beliefs in all the ancient religions, all the ancient philosophies, all the most intellectual people of the world. And he says, and he's talking about God and he says, so they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might... Uh, Grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. And also, some of your poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought to think that the divine nature is not like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art or man's devising. Truly, in these times of ignorance, God has overlooked, but now commends man everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by the man that He has ordained. And He stops. And if He just stopped there, that is a meaningless speech. How many know that? God has appointed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom He has ordained. Acts 17, 24-31. And that is meaningless. Why should we believe what you're saying, Paul? Why? Then Paul goes on to say, he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Pow! What's your comeback? But Buddha, Buddha was never raised from the dead. What is Buddha's proof that what he says is true? He has no proof. What is Mohammed's proof that what he says is true? He's still dead. What is Confucius's proof? He's still dead. Every single human being that ever lived in this world is still dead. And Paul said he has given us assurance of this by raising him from the dead. And then Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 15:14 he says if Christ is not risen then our preaching is empty and our faith is empty. It doesn't matter what your faith is. It doesn't ha- matter how he was born, doesn't matter how he lived, doesn't matter how he died if he doesn't rise from the dead But because of today, what happened today, because of the resurrection, because he lives, we have assurance, as Paul says, we have assurance of this by raising him from the dead. So, Paul's number one argument isn't the incredible prophecies, isn't the incredible birth, isn't the incredible life, isn't the incredible death. It's the fact that he died and beat death. Nobody's ever done it. Hallelujah. Peter. How many remember the same Peter that denied Christ? In fact, all of them denied Christ. What happened to him? What happened to him that when he's crucified, beaten... Put in a grave that they're all scared to death. They're hiding out. They're disappearing. He can't even stand up to a little girl. But something happened to Peter. And Peter quit being scared. Peter had boldness. Peter was fearless. Peter wanted to die like his master. He would preach to anybody. He would go to prison over it. What happened to this man? It wasn't the prophecies. It wasn't the birth. It wasn't the death. It wasn't the life. It was the resurrection listen to peter peter is preaching in the house of cornelius how many know these are unbelievers at the time peter's preaching one of his early messages in acts 10 36 it says the word which god sent to the children of israel preaching peace through jesus christ he is lord of all that word you know which was proclaimed throughout Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. God was with him. We are witnesses of all these things that he did in both the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging him on a tree. Period. Peter stops. And if that's where Peter stops, then he's got no validation. He helped everybody. He did great things. He did all these things. And then he continues in verse 40. Him. God raised up on the third day. Showed him openly not to all the people, but to the witnesses chosen before by God, even to us. We ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead to whom all the prophets witness through his name. Whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Did you hear that? You know there were 15 historical moments where people spent time with Jesus after he resurrected from the dead. Of those 15 historical occurrences, one of them, there were 500 people. Other ones, he ate breakfast with them and cooked breakfast. Other times they felt him and handled him. How many know the whole city seen him for 40 days resurrected from the dead? And somebody said, well, maybe he was just sleeping. Maybe he didn't. Come back from the dead. Can you imagine a guy walking around for 40 days after he had been beaten where his organs are hanging out? Crown is on his head. He's been pierced in the side. He's been nailed in the hands and the feet. All the things that he went through, water and blood poured out of his side when he was speared, laid to death, and he's walking around for 40 days. Come on. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And that is the validation that Peter had Hallelujah. Here's another message on the day of Pentecost. Listen to Peter, the man who was scared before the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God. He's attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst. You yourselves also know him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. You have crucified And put him to death. Now if he stops there. We might still question. But then he goes on and he says. But whom God raised up. Having loosed the pains of death. Because it was not possible. That he should be held by it. Do you hear? The validation is the resurrection. If we don't have the resurrection. We don't have anything. But because of the resurrection. We have everything. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Jesus in his ministry made it the central point. Jesus in his ministry, he's actually um, he's actually around the money changers and the merchants, and he's. How many of you remember? He's in there overturning the tables, and they ask him a question. The Jews confront him, and they said to him, "What sign?" In John two nineteen, what sign? Do you show to us since you do these things? Good question. What would you say? What would your response say when they say, Show us a sign that you are who you say you are? Jesus said, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, It's taken 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was not speaking of the temple, he was speaking of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scriptures and the word that Jesus had said. How many think that's amazing? That Jesus is going around telling them that he's going to die and he's going to live again. That's amazing. That's that's God. Hallelujah. How many know Jesus' enemies considered at the central point? So not only did Peter, Paul consider it to be the central preaching point, Peter considered it a central point, Jesus considered it a central point, well listen to his enemies. After he was crucified, this is Matthew 27, um, the Pharisees and chief priests gathered together before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember while he was still alive. How this deceiver said, after three days I will rise. Do you hear his enemies? The enemy said, after three days he said he will rise. Now I want you to imagine any other religious leader talking this way. Right? He's either crazy or he's God. And he's sent to do what God called him to do. This deceiver said, after three days I will rise. Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure until the third day. Lest his disciples steal him away and say to the people, He has risen from the dead. So the last deception of his may be worse than the first. How many know they put him in a tomb that was hewn out of solid rock? That means you couldn't dig out of it. There was no other way to get out of it. And how many know they put guards there on 24-hour watch who were sworn by their lives to protect it. And then on top of that, they put a stone that could not be moved by a very small group of people. It was a stone that was very heavy and sealed by the Romans. I mean, you know, even the enemies testified that the resurrection was the central point. That if he did not resurrect, then he was a deceiver. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't it amazing? So now let's go back to the original three phrases in the verse that I started on. It says, He is declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. That word de- declared is the word horizo in the Greek. How many have ever heard of the word Horizon. It's where our word horizon comes from. Horizon. And so what this scripture is saying is, how many know that the horizon is a declaration to the world that one day is ending and the night is beginning? How many know that's a declaration? And what this scripture is saying is, this is God's declaration to the world. That this is my son and he's doing exactly what I sent him to do by the resurrection from the dead. This is the one sign of all signs so that you will know... That he is the son of God. He's not Muhammad. He's not Buddha. He's not Confucius. He's not one of these other religions. He's the son of God, prophesied from the very beginning. He's going to do what he says he's going to do, and there's no power on he- and in earth that can stop him. I mean, know the Roman government could not stop him. History details that it happened. This is the son of God, and God is declaring it to be so by giving this. which means a declaration through His resurrection that this is the one, look nowhere else. If I had one thing that I could preach to the world and everything else was taken away from me, and they told me there's one thing, Chad, you get to preach to convince people that He's the Son of God, how many know it would be His resurrection? The resurrection, hallelujah. And then it says... It says, God uniquely declared him to be the Son of God by the resurrection. How many know that for eternity he has been God? He's been the Son of God for eternity. When he came to Mary, he became the Son of Man. And now eternally he'll be fully God and fully man. But how many know the declaration to the world... Is when he resurrected from the dead. That's when the world it was declared. That this is who he says he is. This is the one thing that Jesus. Has to pull If your identification is your driver's license. This is the one thing that Jesus has to pull out. And say I'm different. From everybody else that walked on the earth. Because I rose from the dead. And I live forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Then it goes on. And it says, he did it with great power. You say, great power. What does that mean? God declared it with great power. God declared it with great power. Listen to Jesus in John 10, verse 18. It says, therefore, this is Jesus speaking, my father loves me. He's talking to the Pharisees. My father loves me because I lay down my life. Well, that doesn't prove anything. How's that power? How many think you could lay down your life? I could do it. I'm the only one, aren't I? I mean, who else could lay down their life? How many you know, people go and fight in the military and lay down their life for us, right? You know, somebody that cares about you could lay down your life to defend you, right? That doesn't prove any great power, right? My father loves me because I lay down my life That I, it's a big word I there, I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it back again. This command I have received from my Father. How many of you know that's great power? He's telling people, see, that don't mean anything because you know that's Jesus, right? But what if I came to you and said, I have power? What kind of power do you have, Chad? I can give my life and I can take it back. I'm going to die, but I'm also going to take my life right back three days later. How many know that's declaring yourself to be the Son of God with great power? Hallelujah. And then the third point. In that verse, he says, and I'm going to close with this. Worship team, you can come on up. It says he declared himself to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Wow. So, what power raised him from the dead? It says the Spirit, capital S, of holiness. Listen to this in Ephesians. Jesus was raised by the Holy Spirit. How many know that? The power of the Holy Spirit. Everything he did in his life from the time that he was anointed to preach. All of his ministry, he did it through the Holy Spirit. You say, well, why is that important? Why is that important that Jesus did everything including resurrection through the power of the Holy Spirit? Listen to Ephesians. This is the most important part. Please hear this before we leave. What is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe? According to the working of His mighty power which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him on the right hand in heavenly places above all principalities, all powers, and all might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only this age but the age to come, and He put all things under His feet and made Him head over all things to the church which is His body. Did you hear that Everything that he did, the greatness of his power was through the Spirit. And it says, a few verses later, it says in Ephesians 3.20, He is able to exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And then Paul says to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his servant, um, sufferings. How many you know that the power of the resurrection is the power that he puts in us? Hallelujah. And if we don't have, listen to this. The Bible says if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through His Spirit who dwells in you. You know what that means? That means that when we believe in Jesus Christ and His resurrection, He gives you His Holy Spirit. You say, well, how do I know if I have the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit will begin to work in you. And how many know the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, will make you born again? It'll make you a new person. You'll have new desires. You'll have new. um, The Holy Spirit will remake you and make you a new person, a new creation. The Bible says, Behold, you're a new creation. All things become new. And how many know, unless we have the Holy Spirit within us, the same one that raised Jesus. From the dead, we will not be quickened and be resurrected with Christ. How many know that Spirit has to be in us? And it says it will quicken our mortal bodies. So if we don't understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ, church, and how important it is to our salvation, then how are we going to receive the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead? It's going to resurrect us one day. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet this morning. Paul said this, and I'm going to close with this. Paul said in Philippians, this was the goal of Paul's life. Philippians 3.10, he says, I want to know Him the power of his resurrection the fellowship of his sufferings to be conformed to his death that i may attain to the resurrection from the dead i mean old church we have to understand what it means to know him to know the power of his resurrection and this morning god wants you to not only celebrate Easter, which is what a lot of people are celebrating today. But how many know today the Lord wants you to celebrate the resurrection? You say, well, man, is that enough? No, God wants you to have that resurrection power in you. You say, well, what does that resurrection power do? It's everything. It gives you new hope, it gives you new dreams, it gives you new abilities. How many know it gives you the ability to overcome sin? It gives you the ability to overcome hard times. It gives you the ability to overcome anything this life has that can throw at us. That God wants to put His resurrection power inside of us and He wants to do miracles in your life. Hallelujah. Bow your heads this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray this morning that we would um, be like Paul. Lord, you're giving us the opportunity to know you and the power of your resurrection. And Lord, I just pray right now that you would... um, Lord, even me, Lord, help me understand, Lord, what that means, Lord God. Lord, that we wouldn't just celebrate a another day lord god but we would celebrate you lord you're so different from anybody that's ever walked on this earth you were sent by god to show us the way lord and father i just pray today that you would point the way to those who are lost lord that the power of the resurrection would be in their life lord that they could overcome difficult circumstances Lord, failures, depression, drug addiction, relationship issues, Lord. Father, that power of that resurrection, Lord God, has the ability to change everything, Lord. And I just pray that today in your name. And as your eyes are closed, I just want to ask you this morning. Jesus Christ is the only one that God has ever sent to save us. And he validated that by raising from the dead. How many know that he took the keys to death and hell, and today he wants to take the fear of death away from you? How many know the book of Hebrews says that our whole life we fear death? But Jesus conquered death when He rose from the grave. And how many know the Lord wants to give that to you today, that free gift of eternal life? And I'm just going to ask you this morning, if you've never given your heart to the Lord, I just want to see that hand this morning. You say, man, this is the day I would love to give my heart to the Lord. I've never done that. I understand who He is and what He did. anybody today, I'd love to pray for you. If you're too... Nervous to pray during the service. I'm available after the service. and uh, But don't wait. How many know that there's only a certain amount of time that we have to give our heart to the Lord? And He validated who He was because He wanted to save us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer, but if you need prayer this morning, that's what we're here for. Find me after the service. We can meet when other people aren't around and we can pray but if you've never given your heart to the lord uh, he died for you today hallelujah let's pray heavenly father lord we come before you and um, lord i just pray for every heart today lord lord i pray that they would find the power of the resurrection that we celebrate today that they would recognize who you are Oh Lord, that they would recognize who you are. That, Lord, you are. Um, Lord, you're God in the flesh, and you dwelt among us. And Lord, if they would understand that, Lord, that they would want to know you and live for you and serve you, Lord, with all of their heart, Lord, I pray that you would begin to reveal yourself, Lord God, and who you are. Lord, bless each person today, Lord name I pray. We're just going to take a moment to celebrate the Lord and then I'll close in a word of prayer. Amen. The Bible says that uh, <clears throat> when Jesus uh, resurrected from the dead, spent many days with his disciples showing himself um, to a lot of different people in his glorified body and spent time on the earth. The Bible says that he ascended into heaven at the right hand of the Father. And now, how many know that if we die and we're in Christ and we've believed in Jesus Christ as our Lord, the Bible says, when we're absent from our body, we'll be present with Christ. And uh, how many know you can live on that promise? Hallelujah. And I'm so excited to be in the presence of Christ one day. Um, And just a quick note before I close in prayer. I can remember when I was 22 years old. And nobody was around. Nobody was there to lead me to the Lord. I just felt God was drawing me. And I felt Jesus Christ. I began to receive exactly what I'm saying today. Uh, began to receive Him as the Lord of my life, and uh, I didn't even know how to do it. I just said, "Lord, I'm going to hold Your hand, and I'm never going to let go, no matter who leaves me, no matter who uh, rejects me, even if I'm all alone, I'm never going to let go." And I gave my heart to the Lord with nobody else around and nobody to lead me. And uh, so, I just want you to know, Jesus is who. said he was and when I made that when I made that commitment to Christ let me know that resurrecting power came into my life and it changed everything I'm not just preaching a hollow gospel that's not religion it's knowing that person Jesus Christ and receiving him into your life hallelujah you can do that today you can do it at home you can see me when everybody's gone but don't wait because He is our only hope. How many know that to be true? Hallelujah. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we love You and we thank You for this day. We thank You for Your resurrection. We thank You that You came to save us, Lord. Lord, we love You so much. Bless each person here, Lord God. Lord, my prayer is that they would know You, Lord, in the power of Your resurrection. I pray these things over everybody here, Lord, and those who are listening. In your name we pray. And everybody said...